Hey there, this is Joe Martin, and thanks for taking a minute to watch this uh, Cabin Talk um, presentation. I was thinking today about just myself after all these years. Why does it take so long to change? And maybe the second follow-up question is, why is it so hard to change? And then when I do see some changes, especially when it comes to my relationship with God and how I want God to really change me into being more loving like Jesus, why does it seem to be so hard to maintain the changes that I've gotten to? Whether it's in my, even this is true, even with our physical health, or this is true, but in my relationship with God, especially, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to following Jesus, uh, change is the name of the game. We tend to get into this thinking that, that salvation, the moment that we are saved or we're healed, that we're so-so, that somehow it's just boom, and then that's all done. But the reality is it's just the beginning of the beginning. It's a birth, but there still has to be the entire growth and the life that goes along with it. And it's a slow, it's a lifetime journey. And, um, and part of it too is, is we have that struggle with, you know, the three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, that shadow side of us that we wrestle with, where the things that we want to do, we don't do, and the things that we don't want to do, we find ourselves drifting into, gliding into like gravity, pulling us down to earth. And so what is, the, I think one of the most important things we have to start with is, is what is the goal of all that we're doing? What are we really out to accomplished. Jesus has changed us. He's forgiven us. He's given us eternal life. Our past is forgiven. Our future is secure. Our present is um, here for what? What is the goal? And what is the goal of all this that we are seeking to um, um, bring change toward? And you know, the Bible makes it very clear that the goal is this. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.5, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. This is love for us individually, that individually we are to learn to be the most loving version of ourselves. <clears throat> no wonder change takes so long, right? But also love within community. You know, the Christian life really can't be lived in, you know, outside a community. You know, some of you that are watching this and maybe it's not possible for you to go in person to church and that's really hard but somehow we need to figure out a way how to help you so that you have contact you have community uh, as much as you can in your circumstances for others of you being um you could go but it's just easier not to that's not going to work for you the christian life to really grow in love you've got to be with people to practice with you really do and and you know you're not going to find a perfect church um you're not going to you don't have a perfect family um, you don't, you know, I know that because you're in it <laughs> and I'm in it kind of like mine, but communities, we work together. And so we, the goal is as individuals, we become the most loving version of ourselves, but also in a community, Ephesians 4.14 says, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery and craftiness of deceitful scheming. There are people like that. There are false teachers and false apostles. But speaking the truth in love, that's not just speaking truth, not just speaking love, but speaking the truth in love, 
That is how we grow up in all aspects into him, becoming like him, a love that is like him, who is the head, even Christ. And here's what happens. Verse 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body. Here it is, building up of itself in love. Why? Because Jesus has staked our credibility on how well we love like him. By this, all men will know you are my disciples, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So why is change so hard and why does it seem to be so slow and why is it hard to hang on to the gains? Because it's not an easy goal, right? And sometimes it's hard for us to measure. Like we say, what do you mean by love? You know, in, in the West, we have this word love. It It covers everything from corn chips to whatever. But the Bible does, and the Bible uses different words for love. It uses agape, which is the word we'll talk about in a moment. Phileo, which is the word that is like friendship, Philadelphia, philosophy, the friend of knowledge or wisdom. Um, erosia is implied in Song of Solomon and in books like that in the poetry. But Agape love is the goal of the instruction, the love of Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. And this is what 1 Corinthians 13.4 says. It says, love, how do we define it? What kind of love? What does that mean? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Is not arrogant or rude. It, it's not coarse and crass. And, and uh, love does not act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked, or as King James says, easily provoked. It does not keep, take account in the wrong suffered. In other words, it's not a score keep, keeper. You know, love doesn't keep score. Boy, that's hard. We all tend to keep score, don't we? We always seem to be doing better in the math. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. In other words, doesn't um, it's not happy when it sees somebody we think's got it come and get it. It rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. In other words, love is hoping for the best. It puts up with the worst and it holds in there. It sticks with you to the end. That's what love looks like. It's the friend that comes in when everybody else goes out. And that's what the goal is. So how does transformation into this happen? Well, there's really two parts that Paul talks about. First, it says this amazing truth. Colossians 1.27, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, that God has come to live in you that trust in Jesus. That's the hope of glory. It's an amazing thing that God would take up residence in you. We proclaim him, speaking to Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. This is the goal. The, the, uh, my goal and the church's purpose and our purpose together in community is to present everybody as the most loving, like Jesus version of themselves, complete in Christ. And then he says this amazing thing. For this purpose 
Also, I labor. I'm working super hard, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So there's two parts. There's transformation has two parts. And there's our part and there's God's part. And there's our part individually as we are part of a community. And um, uh, this is, I heard someone talking about this the other day and he put it so beautifully. Um, three things that, that really stand out. And it, it requires us to do something. It requires you, you can't just be passive on this. It's not all God, let go and let God. That's a nice idea, but it doesn't, it's not really lines up with what scripture teaches. And it's not all you, that's works. But grace is not opposed to effort. As Dallas Willard said, grace is opposed to earning. That's why Paul says, for this purpose, I also, I labor, striving. You know, uh, as uh, Augustine said, what we can do, God won't do. Now, he could do it, but he won't do it. And what only God can do, we can't do. So what is what is the part we can do? Well, first thing we've got to do is teaching. We have to put ourselves under teaching. That is like what we talked about the first bucket kind of teaching, not all these other buckets, but teaching. We have to pay close attention, like 1 Timothy 4.16 says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. We have to teach and we have to be taught. Those who are not teachable will never really teach well. Preserve in these things. As you do this, you will ensure salvation for yourself and also for those who hear you. But the second thing we need to do, so teaching and you go to listen to sermons and maybe you listen to them or maybe you read, but teaching, you're putting something, we are thinking religion. We are reading religion. We are religion. The reason why so much of the West was was um, literate was to read the Bible and to be able to get teaching. Most of the universities um, in, the, in the United States, the, the big universities were started to train preachers, teaching. But the second part is practice. We need to practice. You know, think about the practices that you were taught. I was taught them, but I never really knew why I was doing them. You know, prayer, read the Bible, um, go to church or gatherings, worship, sing songs, celebration. And then eventually I realized, oh, these practices are there to really help me to remember they're from scripture and some of them are from tradition people have learned but these practices are there to help us like playing an instrument or anything else we practice and we practice and we practice and it begins to like take on you know there's a neuro you know plasticity where we begin to just kind of it becomes a part of our being celebration some practices that are not very common now, and there's many of them. Dallas Willard's great book, um, the, um, the Divine Conspiracy, or Richard Foster's book, you know, Celebration of Disciplines, great books. Silence. Take your time to be silent. Be still and know that I'm God. Solitude. He went off in the wilderness to pray. The Sabbath, to set aside a day to just rest to stop and to rest and to delight and to worship and to contemplate. Tithing, 
to get to learn to set a level and to to stick to it and to give it and to put your money together with other people you could do great good so you money doesn't hold you you know um meditating on the scripture in his law he doth meditate both day and night the some later on lecto divina where you actually meditate on the scripture and let god speak to you fixed hour prayer where you set aside specific times of the day to pray fasting which has not been has been greatly neglected but almost everyone did it jesus we're not commanded to fast but almost everyone did it to heighten their sensitivity and to train to practice um, the ability to say no to yourself, to inculcate self-control. Also feasting. That was a big part. Now, of course, I've always enjoyed that more, but found it easier. But feasting and learning how to dance and to enjoy yourself. And I mean that in both literal and other ways, depending on the culture that you grew up in. is a time to mourn and is a time to dance. Proclamation, sharing the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Share that message. Serving you know, washing feet, serving, in love, serve one another. And then the third thing that we do, is so we do the practices, teaching practices, and then community. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as the habit of some is, your own assembling together. Build the community, people that know you and you know them and they're not perfect and don't look for a perfect community. Don't be a customer. Be a family member. You know, the worst thing that's happened in our era is this idea of homogeneous union, unity, you know, this principle of, of trying to find homogeneous, you know, homogeneous, uh, basis for, for, um, community life where you, it's easier to fill seats that way. You get everybody that thinks alike and, and everything's the same, but that's really not from the scripture. Community is this idea, this, we're all mixed together. We're one body, many members. That's our part teaching and practices and community together. We do this together. We help each other. We have accountability. But then God's part is, is according to his power that works mightily within us. This means this is the part that we can't do. I can't, I can practice, but I can't make the, 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 I can't make it happen. It's kind of like this. You go out to your garden. You don't just say here in the name of Jesus, I declare and I pray with full faith that corn's going to be there and squash is going to be there and eggplant there and tomatoes there. No, you have to till and you have to do your part. God won't do your part. But then you plant it and the rains come or you water it and then you let God do what only he can do. He brings life. That's what you do too. God will not do what you can do. You cannot do what only God can do. And that's why you have to live your life by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and you're not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. You don't have to beg God to fill you with the Spirit. He wants to control you by His Spirit. You have to surrender and yield to Him. So this is the reason why change is so slow, is because we wear ourselves out doing one or the other. We think that if we just let go and let God, it'll happen, and it doesn't. And we think if we just try really hard, and we, we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, and we don't rely on God, that's going to work. you got to do both of these together. For this cause I labor, striving with everything that's in me, yet not I, but the, but, yet not I, but the power that works mightily within me, the dunamis. So this week... Do your part. Do your part. Get under teaching. 
do your part. Do those practices, some of them, maybe a couple of them you're working on, maybe you just start with, maybe your practices this week is just, I'm going to show up for church gathering. I'm going to worship. I'm going to put myself under teaching. That's my part this week. And then cry out to God, rely on him, surrender yourself. He gives grace to the humble. Ask him to fill you with your his spirit. You empty yourself through confession and submission and you fill, you're filled with the Spirit through petition. Just ask Him and trust Him. And I can't wait. This Sunday is going to be a great time for you to do this practice. We have a Lord's Supper in the 8 o'clock service and the 11 o'clock service. We have a big breakfast meal in between. We're going to have some table time together where we can sit around the table and share with each other. Man, come up. Come for this week. This is a great week to do that. Other, that do your other part, community. And you haven't been in a while. And some of you have been just kind of like, uh, some of you haven't been here since, the, since we went through all the COVID stuff. But let me invite you to come. It's not, you know, this is how it happens. You do your part. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, God will do his part. Let me remind you that you can go to our website and you can follow the giving instructions. They're in there and you can give. Um, thank you so much for your giving to make this continue. Some of you have co- contacted me. How do I give? I haven't given in a while or I haven't, I've won, I've had a blessing. I want to give a special gift. You go to the website. It'll explain it. Follow the giving instructions. Thank you so much for watching this. And if this was helpful or somebody that's maybe been, this would apply to, just share it with them. God bless you.